What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew, and thank you for making me part of your week. The Buffalo Bills lost an absolute heartbreaker on Monday Night Football to the Tennessee Titans, and also the Buffalo Sabres are in first place in the NHL. Say it isn't so. We're going to talk about all that in this upcoming episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. Well, that sucked. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. Coming into the Monday night football game, the Buffalo Bills were absolutely rolling on all sides of the football, offense, defense, and special teams. They were number one in the league in offense. They were number one in the league in defense. They were the best team in turnover differential all signs pointed to another Buffalo Bills win. And the Titans came into this game having a very up-and-down season, having bad losses to the Cardinals and to the New York Jets. And again, it looked like all things pointed to a Buffalo Bills win. However, that is just not the way the Bills and Bills Mafia expected it to go. And the Bills dropped to 4-2 and two on the season. Now let's start talking about this game. We're going to start talking about defense and what went wrong on defense. Now coming into this game, the defense was allowing a ridiculously low 11.4 points per game. The defense was allowing less than 12 points per game to opponents coming into this game. And obviously we knew that it wasn't going to continue to be this dominant all season long. And the two shutouts against lesser opponents really helped boost that number. However, we didn't think that the Bills defense would give up 34 points to this Titans offense. They did start the game well, however. They forced a punt. They forced a turnover, an INT. And it looked like the Buffalo Bills were going to continue to dominate on both sides of the ball as they did for the previous four games. However, it did not last long as the Titans then scored on six of their next eight drives. This, the two drives that they didn't score on were a one-play six-yard run to end the half and a kneel-down to end the game for the Buffalo Bills. There were six drives that the Titans were trying to score that the Buffalo Bills simply could not stop them. The defense just couldn't get off the field all game long, and that was a huge, huge problem for the Buffalo Bills all game. They just couldn't come up with stops at any point in this game. Outside of the first quarter, the Buffalo Bills defense just had no answer for the Titans' offense, and they struggled mightily in the red zone, allowing the Titans to go 3-for-3 inside the 20. And I know that a lot of people think that they... There there were some positives this game. It looked like the Bills' defense couldn't contain Derrick Henry. And if you look at the stat line, they didn't contain Derrick Henry as he carried the ball 20 times for 143 Uh, which equates to 7.2 yards per carry. But outside of the 76-yard touchdown run, which was like a backbreaker for the Bills, 
They held Henry to just 67 yards on 19 carries. That's just three and a half yards a carry. He did add two more touchdowns in there, but for the most part, it seemed like they contained Derrick Henry, again, outside of the woefully bad tackling, bad uh, play all around for the Buffalo Bills that they just couldn't get Derrick Henry on the ground, and he just pulls away from everyone, 76-yard touchdown. The biggest problem was that there was absolutely no pass rush for the Buffalo Bills. There was none, zero, zip, zilch pass rush for the Buffalo Bills. They had no sacks in this game, and they only registered two quarterback hits in this game. And I know coming into the game, your game plan is to not stop Ryan Tannehill. That's not somebody that you are incredibly worried about. However, you have to have some sort of pressure in this game. Otherwise, when you get in critical downs and distances, he can stand back there all day and pick you apart. And there was just really nothing the Buffalo Bills could do about it. As again, Ryan Tannehill was just comfortable in that pocket pretty much all game long. And it it makes you ask the question, why would you sit both Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa? Now, Basham, I believe he's got one, at least one or two sacks on the season. And A.J. Epinesa, although he doesn't have any sacks on the season, has been an absolute monster in the downs that he has played in creating pressure. He doesn't have a lot of QB hits, but he gets in the backfield. He disrupts it. He forces the play to, you know, he forces kind of the the quarterback to go outside of the scheme and have to make a play with his feet and roll around outside the pocket and things like that. And there was just none of, there was none of that in this game because the Bills, our defensive line just got manhandled all game long. And it was just an absolutely pathetic effort by the Buffalo Bills defense in this game. Now you go ahead to the offense. Now the offense played pretty well. However, they only went two and five in the red zone. And that is a huge problem for the Buffalo Bills and has been a huge problem for the Bills in recent memory. Last year, they were only 61%, 61 61.8% for the season in the red zone. The year before that, when they went 10-6, and six, they were only 56% in the red zone. So the Buffalo Bills have a problem with Brian Dable getting into the end zone when they are inside the 20. It seems like when things kind of tighten down a little bit, it's almost like there is he doesn't have a play to get them that last 20 yards to get them into the end zone. And that is a huge, huge problem for the Buffalo Bills. If you want to continue to be Super Bowl contenders, you must figure that out and you must start scoring at a better clip than that. The Buffalo Bills lead the league in red zone uh, possessions. However, they are near the bottom of the league in terms of red zone um, conversion. So being in the in the mid-50s or just above 50%, that's just not going to cut it. If you want to be one of the teams that is vying for the Super Bowl this upcoming year, the Buffalo Bills have to figure that out on offense. Another misstep is that, again, Brian Dable and the Bills offense just completely abandoned the run. Josh Allen rushed for nine nine carries. The running backs had just 12 carries between the two of them. Just 12 carries. 
that is just simply not enough for the Buffalo Bills. And it's just, they they ran for 51 yards, which is over four yards a carry. And Devin Singletary had just five carries, and he averaged over five yards a carry. I don't understand why the Bills abandoned the run and abandoned it so early when you have a running back who was averaging over five yards a carry on his very limited uh, opportunities in the game. And then you hand a majority of it off to Zach Moss, who it was clear after the first few carries just wasn't the, this wasn't his game. He has had very good games for the Bills. At this game, you had to ride Devin Singletary in the run game and the Buffalo Bills just abandoned it completely and tried to throw the ball all over the place, which I can understand to a point because the Titans were playing essentially a JV secondary, so the Bills should have been able to take advantage more so of it. However, uh, they kind of did what the Bills did to the Chiefs, and they made the Bills work for it, work their way down the field. Not a lot of big plays down the field available for the Buffalo Bills, but again, you have to be able to run the ball in this league because it sets up so many different things, so many misdirections and and play calls for the Buffalo Bills to be able to have a bit a more open playbook. It gives the wide receivers more open. It can help you down in the red zone. All of those things are must-haves if you want to be Super Bowl contenders. Now let's talk about the end of the game. Sean McDermott decided to go for it fourth and inches. Josh Allen laid his body out on third down, rolling to his left to try to get that first down. However, after a replay or two, it was clear that he was about a half a yard short. So I was not mad at that call. I knew he was about a half yard short after the first replay. It was a very, very good angle of it. The ball needed to get to the two. He only got it to about the two and a half. And the Bills, I love the I love the fact that they're confident enough to go for it. They believe we are the better team. We're going to go for it, and we're going to cram it down your throat. However, it just didn't go in the Bills' favor this time. It was very clear in this game, as I mentioned before, that the defense was not going to stop the Titans' offense. So to leave it to a coin flip in overtime would have been silly. You have the ball. You're down by the goal line. You you have an opportunity with timeouts to potentially get a first down and then get it into the end zone. However, again, the Bills just couldn't do it. Deion Dawkins gets blown up, and Josh Allen and cannot get that half a yard, and the Buffalo Bills end up losing that game. That is a play that I will not mind 10 times out of 10. I love the fact that Sean McDermott went for it because in so many years past, the Bills kicked a field goal there and then end up losing it in overtime. Let your your strength of your team, which is your offense, try to win you the game when they have the ball in their hands. Again, absolutely no problem with Sean McDermott going for it. And realistically, if you want to be considered a Super Bowl contender, you have to be able to get a half yard when the game is on the line. And right there, the Bills just couldn't do it. I believe 9 out of 10 times they probably do get that. However, teams are really keying in on Josh Allen when he's going for the QB sneak. He keeps trying to pull it out and go to his left. Defenders are knifing in there to try to close that gap down. And it is seeming to start to work well against the Buffalo Bills. And that's something that they're going to have to adjust on and figure out 
as the season progresses. Unfortunately, Buffalo heads into the bye week with a devastating loss again, the same as last year. However, we know what happened last year. The Bills didn't lose again until the AFC Championship game, and I believe they are hoping for a little bit more of that motivation going forward to complete the rest of the season. The Bills have a much easier schedule moving forward, and I believe the Buffalo Bills are still going to be a very good team. They're still going to be uh, one of the top teams in the AFC And it's just going to be uh, a very fun season for the Buffalo Bills. We got to wait one more week. We got to sit with that bad taste in our mouth for one more week. And that is, it is what it is. Unfortunately, the Bills couldn't get it done on Monday Night Football. I think it stings a little bit more being in the national spotlight that the Bills couldn't get it done. However, again, 4-2, and not terrible going into the bye week. Still one of the top teams in the AFC. And again, we have a whole long season, so it is completely okay to get a couple of these losses out of the way early. It really shows your team what you have to work on, not get them overconfident, and let them know that it's going to be a dogfight all season long. But that's going to do it for this video, guys. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, remember to subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. We talk Bills, Sabres, and UB Bulls, men's basketball and football. As always, guys, thank you. Have a fantastic week. Who are these guys? What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. The Buffalo Sabres are currently the best team in the NHL. No, I'm not joking. The Buffalo Sabres are currently the best team in the NHL. They have six points and sit 3-0-0 in their first three games. This is the first time the Sabres have started a season 3-0 or better since 2008, 2009, 13 years, the Buffalo Sabres have not won three games to start a season. Coming off the back of what people deem, coming on the fact that people deem that the Buffalo Sabres are the worst team in hockey, I said it all offseason as I started to add players, as I seen Granado coach more. The Buffalo Sabres are not the worst team in the NHL. I said it on the last video. I have a bold prediction. I believe the Buffalo Sabres will finish with 75 points. And it looks like my predictions so far are so good. Do I think that the winning is going to continue at this pace? Of course not. I know better than that. The Buffalo Sabres, however, are going to be a very fun team and a very competitive team all season long. So buckle your seatbelts, hop on the bandwagon, because this team looks like it could be a very, very fun team to watch under Don Granado. Now the Buffalo Sabres continued their hot start as they beat the Vancouver Canucks 5-2 to in this past game, and they found themselves down one goal multiple times in this game. They were down one nothing. They came back to tie it up. They were down... Two to one, they came back to tie it up again. The Buffalo Sabres have shown that they can be resilient. They were down one nothing, I believe, against Arizona. Won that in a shootout. They were down one nothing, and then two to one, they came back and won five to two in regulation against a 
a pretty good Vancouver Canucks team, one that does have a lot of top-end talent that the Buffalo Sabres uh, supposedly don't have. And this is the, uh, you know, and they completely took over the third. All five goals were scored from the Buffalo Sabres by five different players. So the Sabres are getting contributions from absolutely everywhere. And it is a sight to behold that the Buffalo Sabres are actually winning games again. They hadn't won more than two games in a row at all in the shortened season last year. So the fact that they came out and won three in a row is simply incredible. The Buffalo Sabres... Again, look like they're going to be a very, very fun team to watch. Jeff Skinner, uh, one of the leading scorers on the Buffalo Sabres, I believe he's got three points, a goal, and two assists. He had just a a very Jeff Skinner-esque goal, and it was the game-winning goal against the Vancouver Canucks. Off a rebound, he collects it on his knees, going down to his ass, backhand up over Demko, Demko's glove. That ends up being the game-winning goal. The Buffalo Sabres, again, score a couple more goals, one into the empty net, and they end up just completely dominating the third period and coming out of their third game with yet another win. Another strong performance in this one by Craig Anderson, and we didn't know what to expect from the 40-year-old as... He is, you know, well past his sell-by date in the NHL, but he comes up with another strong performance, stopped 32 of 34. That is a, uh, and, and 62 of 65, giving him a uh, 0.954 save percentage in his two games. That is simply incredible. We're getting more than we bargained for with uh, Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski so far. Obviously, we're only three games in, but... They have looked good, so let's just enjoy what we are seeing. So what has contributed to the Buffalo Sabres' hot start? Let's talk about it. First, it's been the goaltending, as I just said. I don't think we expected that three games into the season, the Buffalo Sabres would only allow four goals in those first three games. The goaltenders have been simply spectacular. Craig Anderson making big stops, uh, made a big one on the power play, uh, against Vancouver, they were Vancouver got a power play. They're down two goals with maybe five minutes to go in the third period. He comes across and makes a big blocker save to keep it a two-goal game and keep the Sabres comfortably in the lead. Again, Tus- Dustin Tokarski played a very strong game in his first start of the season, and it almost looks like it's going to be a back-and-forth kind of thing you know, they're going to completely split time and split games unless one goalie gets on an absolute terror of a run or one of the goalies just absolutely falls flat, which is incredibly possible with these two goaltenders. However, right now, both of them are playing very, very well, and both of them have something to prove. Tokarski's got to prove that he belongs in the NHL. Craig Anderson is proving that he still belongs in the NHL. The next thing that you can talk about that is contributing to the Buffalo Sabres hot start is the fact that they have depth of scoring, something that we have been longing for for the longest time in Buffalo. They have depth of scoring, and they have uh, they haven't had to rely on one or two lines to score all the goals or points, and if those two lines, they don't have a good game, then they're, they're sunken completely. In all honesty, the Sabres have 15 players that have recorded at least one point and 10 players 
that have recorded at least two points in this season in the first three games. The third thing that you can talk about to to contribute to the Buffalo Sabres' success is their penalty killing. The penalty killing is operating at a 100% through three games. I believe they're eight of eight in the first three games. Obviously, that is not going to continue as that is essentially impossible for the Sabres to continue that type of pace all season long. But if they can continue to be a very good penalty-killing team, they will not bury themselves and get themselves behind in a lot of games if they don't give up a lot of goals when they are shorthanded. And that will keep them in a lot of games. And also the Sabres' power play, it hasn't been that great uh, it wasn't that great this game. However, they still looked pretty good. They didn't score this game, I should say. They still looked pretty good, and I believe they are 4 of 10 on the season or 4 of 12 on the season, something to that to that effect. They're 40 to 50%, somewhere around there, I believe, on the season, and that is lightning, or that is, that is red hot for the Buffalo Sabres, who seemingly have no real weapons to put on the power play. They have performed very well. They look very sharp. They look very crisp. Their puck movement looks good, and they look confident. That is the biggest thing for this Buffalo Sabres team is they're playing with a load of confidence. And that brings me to my last point that why the Buffalo Sabres have started so well. Coaching. The Buffalo Sabres look like they have finally found a coach that can actually coach at the NHL level. I said it on the last video that I made. I liked what Don Granato was able to do with the Buffalo Sabres last year. I know his record was only 9-16-3 to end the season. However, they had a very condensed schedule. So when he took over, they had maybe two practices in between the first five games that they played. So he really could not implement a system that uh, benefited the Buffalo Sabres. So you get rid of the first five games. He was 9-11-3, and I'm talking about 9-11-3 with Tokarski and Michael Hauser as their goaltending tandem. So that goes to show you how good he is at putting his players in the best position to win. Of course, there's a lot of turnover, but I really think that Don Granato has all the makings of a really good NHL coach. He's had success at every level that he's been a head coach at, and I just think that he brings exactly what the Sabres need to this organization. He is a good coach. He is a structured coach. He is going to let the players be who they are, and he's going to squeeze every ounce of potential they have out of them while letting them have fun, make mistakes, and go out there and just be who they are, skate hard, play a straightforward game, shoot a lot, go to the net, crash for rebounds, and see what happens. And so far, what has happened is 3-0 and for the Buffalo Sabres. I absolutely love what Don Granato is doing with this team. They are fast. They are fast-paced. They're in your face. They are fun. And I don't mean in your face like tough, like 90s in your face. I mean like in your face on the four-check tough. The Sabres are, are fast, exciting. Their passes are crisp. They look good. They look structured. There's guys helping out on the back end. When somebody pinches, it's not an immediate two-on-one and the, going the other way. It looks like it is a very simplified game for all of the young players, and they are responding extraordinarily well to Coach Don Granato. And I absolutely love what he's doing so far. And hopefully it can continue to 
uh, a good pace. I know they're going to come crashing back down to earth at some point. However, right now, I'm riding the high on the Buffalo Sabres. I'm really, really looking forward to watching them all season long. They're going to be fun. Again, go to the games if you can. Tune in on TV if you can. They're going to be a very fun team. Follow the team. Also, make sure you follow me here on YouTube. Click subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. And also, give me a thumbs up so that more people can experience all that is Sports Talk Buffalo. So we can all have a good time talking Bills, Sabres, and UB Bulls men's basketball and football. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you all for watching. Have a fantastic week.